Hello everybody, this is Matt Bicker from DIY Europe and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Hey, hey, hey guys, we are back again with another interview and we have the one of the best guys out there, Matt Bicker. How the heck are you, Matt? Good, man. Fantastic. Good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. It's, uh, you know, getting a little bit cooler out there. It's, you know, sharp Santa season is in the air. Sharp Santa, yeah. And I happen to be sitting with one of the, you know, one of the machine supplier, knife making suppliers out there in Europe that, I mean, it seems like everyone wants to get stuff from you. How's that going? It's going good. Yeah. That's awesome. Kind of fumble into 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 all this in a, in a weird way. <laughs> And, oh yeah? yeah, yeah. How did you, how did you fumble into it? Like, how did you get into it? Well, um, I I've always been like a fan of making knives, but like other than fucking around with a with a with an angle grinder uh, once in a while, I didn't get to do much of that. And, sure. Um, so. I think it was yeah, it was a good year ago. I thought I need a two by seventy two, but like in Europe in general and in especially in Holland where I'm from, um, it's hard to get one without paying a shit ton of money. So I just went on uh, the internet and Facebook. There were there was this uh, this uh, yeah, it's the group from uh, from Brian House. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I got to that, and then I just got to talk, um, talking to, it was, I, I believe it was a German guy. And okay. Kind of a weird guy, by the way, but that's another <laughs> story. Um, and then I was like, I, I, I want to build this thing. I want to build this revolution. And um, I came to find out that it wasn't available in metric or in Europe. Okay. All right. All right. So, yeah, then I was like... Now there's two things I could do. I could just like, like order the kit or uh, order the plans and and you know edit it myself and and make a metric one, or I can get in touch with Brian and see if we can well work something out. Sure, sure. So let's go back to you know when you're first looking into getting a two by seventy two. Are there any sort of of machine shops out there or grinder companies in Europe that, you know, yeah. I know you're talking about how it's hard to get them over there in Europe and most of them are here in the U.S. I wonder why that is. Is 2x72 just not the standard over there? It's it's literally, I've never seen one running before I, I like live, before I built my own. Okay. There's All just right. in Holland nothing. No one has a two by seventy two. Like there's people that have one in in their garage, but it's it's like not even one percent of of uh, like like in the United States. Now that that's surprising to me because there's so many high high level knife makers over there. Yeah. What but, are but what the are thing they? Is, the the thing is when I was looking like to get into this, I I didn't know those people. Okay. So, like, for someone that wants to get into knife making, or or just you know wants wants to build a knife, and and I'm I'm the type of guy that um, I don't like to to not have my my uh, like like whenever I see like uh, like a YouTube video of someone using a two by seventy two to make a knife, then I want that. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, and there's a million other grinders you could probably use, especially in the beginning. But I just want that straight away. You know, I want it all, and I want it now. <laughs> no, I totally feel that. I I definitely can think back to before I had a two by seventy two, and it's like it's like two different eras in your knife making career. Yeah, the it's just crazy. Pre two by seventy two and post two by seventy two. Yeah, but. My, I guess my question is maybe maybe it's, this is kind of an ignorant question, but is two, I mean obviously two by seventy two is you know the imperial system two inches by seventy two inches, is it just a different like it's called something else over there or are knife makers no, over there not this, using that machine? This type of grinder is just not common here. Interesting. So what like, is it that they're using? Yeah, yeah, it's just normal belt grinders. It's like 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 with a motor and a contact wheel. Okay. And for us, that's a normal, like in every metal company, uh, metal shop, um, there's just, uh, they, they have this, this normal belt sander. It's, it's just, it's one that stands on a, on a foot and is like, like the height of, of your hip. Okay. Something like that. And it's just like, a, I think a 200 millimeter contact wheel. Okay. Interesting. So, I mean, hey, I mean, if it works, it works, but you Yeah, but it doesn't for knife making. It's, it's generally okay. because, um, like, the, 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 the do-it-yourself world, like the maker industry in, 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 in the United States, it's, like, you cannot even begin to compare it with, with the DIY uh, or the maker industry over here. Now, why do you think that is? I mean, obviously, I I, I'm not trying to make this, you know, American propaganda, but it seems like, you know... I, no, I, I want I'm to. Very I jealous. want to hear. I want to hear your perspective on yeah. why you think that is. Yeah, I think. Um, why is that? I don't know. I don't. I think you, you Americans, just have another attitude towards things or something like. Okay. Like in general, you know. I, I don't know. It's it's like if you have the typical American guy and the typical like European or say like let's keep it my own country uh, typical Dutch guy it's the American guy that would do stuff themselves first okay. okay interesting interesting so you don't seem to fit that mold though because it seems like if you want Ooh. something you find a way to make it happen or make it yourself yeah 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 I've always been like this I think um, it's, it's because I, I, I like uh, I remember that my 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 grandpa was was the kind of grandpa that we always had a saying that if he couldn't fix it it wasn't able to be fixed <laughs> so that, right. that he was uh like a janitor in the, in the school i think yeah in his uh, yeah he was a, a janitor and you know just one of them handy guys that could fix everything and could do everything my dad is is basically the same and um yeah when i was what was I, 13 or 14? I think I got my first welding diploma. Yo, wow, that is super young. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, he went, uh, because my dad, he works in, uh, like, in, in big factories in, uh, in the maintenance team. So they need to know welding, but not, like, they need to know how to fix something right now. And then the next day they call in the, the welders to, to, make it, <laughs> to make it pretty. Okay. So they All need right. to know the basis. So when he got um, it, it, over here, they do these evening courses where you can get your diploma for uh, for welding. And, okay. And um, he just 
took me there. <laughs> Interesting. It seems as if he was kind of your, you know, your first steps into the making world. Did it start with that welding, or was it even before? Oh then? no, I, I'm I'm like a welder by 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 heart by trade. Oh, by fantastic. Yeah. Man, I I might need to start contacting you because I'm looking into getting a my very first welder. Oh, do Especially it, because you know we're looking at different houses and I'm gonna have to build up a shop and of course with making a larger shop I'm gonna need different things and what better way to do it than to weld up a quick you know fab up something quick yeah, to make yeah. it happen. You but, wouldn't believe how many times like it's it's also because like um, let's say if if you grow up like you know like I did it's if I like, like need to make a bracket for something that's very easily made from wood I make it out of metal anyway you know <laughs> it's, it's just it's so much easier for me to to, to grab the, an angle grinder and a welder or, or whatever well, I think so. I think a part of it is the mentality of you know the wood the wood structure is gonna last for a couple hundred years the metal mm -hmm. structure will last you know a thousand yep. I'll live us all Hey man, that's that's. I feel like that's the way to go. It's it makes it bulletproof, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, interesting. Think... So, <clears throat> let's jump back. So you you and your grandfather. It seems like your grandfather, just like me. My grandfather was really my, my opened my eyes into making things because he was kind of the guy in my family that you know he had a barn where there was you know wood tools and you know making stuff and birdhouses and whatever else. Mm -hmm. So that is where I learned how to measure, cut, build, have an idea of what you want and then make it real. So is that he was he kind of that person to you as well and how what were the first couple projects you started with him? Yeah, with my my grandfather, uh unfortunately he, he died too like too young. Um, uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, no, no it's a long time ago. No problem. But um it's um I just the, the the memories that I have of him were all him sitting in in like on his uh, on his attic. He had like those big old radio thingies where he could talk to freaking pilots and to I don't know I, just, cool. I, I don't understand that stuff. And he was uh, like in his um, garage. He had always something going on. You know, there's it's just. Whenever you had something that that, that 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 was broken, you take it to grandpa and you know he'll fix, fix it. it. And my my dad is kind of the same way. So if it's like someone that really brought me into it, it was more my my dad, I think. <clears throat> oh, okay, interesting. So I guess my my next question was, if you can remember the first project where you started off with an idea in your head, and then you worked with either your your grandfather or mm -hmm. your father or whoever it was mm -hmm. tell me about that project it was actually at that welding um at, like over here when 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 you um how does that translate to uh let's say is that high school yeah no sure i think it's high school uh what, what, what age, age were you, you guys yeah um yeah 13 14 so it'd be kind of right right around middle school to early high yeah, school when you start middle school yeah yeah, yeah, it's that, and and then uh, like in in first and second grade, you just have like the theory, uh, the, the math and 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 uh, language and that kind of stuff, and then in the third and fourth grade, you could choose a way where you would like go work oh. with your hands or go work with you know you, you should you could choose like a way, like a direction you want to go. 
<coughs> and so in that school, they in the evenings they did those uh, those welding courses. Interesting. And so my dad went there, and I was like, I I think I wanna I wanna see what it, that's all about. So um, and that was in first grade. So um, I basically made or I wanted to make. Um, or no, it was more my dad needed it, like in the, in the garden. They want one of those, how do I say that? It's like one of those bows, like when you have like uh, where, where flowers and, and greenery like grows on top of it. Oh, okay. I, yeah, so like a, like a little archway for the vines yes. to grow into. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, so I can, I he, can envision he, that. He was like, can you make that? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll go to the course with you. And then if, if the guy thinks it's okay for me to you know screw around over there then yeah let's do it and that's uh that's basically the first thing i uh i i built that's that sounds like a really fun project and then also you know it's not just something that you build and put on a shelf and just admire it's no, something it's that you take out into the garden and it's then still there <laughs> you can watch things grow onto what yeah. the thing that you built that's an yeah, that's it's, an it's, incredible first project it's still there that's awesome that is so cool. I feel like you need to take a picture of it now and post it up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I, can I see definitely it. should. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So moving on from there, um, so are you full time with the DIY Europe, or no, is this still kind yet. of a part time no. thing? It's it's still a, a part time thing. It's a long ass story though. There's well, a... that's what this whole podcast <laughs> is all about. Is about these big long ass stories all about you. So yeah. let's hear it. It's um, so when I reached out to, to to Brian, we got to talking, and in that period, um, the company I worked at, um, we still had the option open or the plan um, that I would be co-owner of the company. So oh. I moved there. Like, uh, uh, in can that I interrupt time. for just a yeah. second? What yeah. kind of a company is this? Is That's this another a building? Shop. Yeah, it's a metal shop. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, how do you call it? It's a metal, yeah, fabrication company. Yeah. 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 Make all sorts of cool stuff. But um, okay, so I, I uh, an old coworker of mine uh, took over that company. Uh, when I got wind of that, I was like, hey, um, I was kind of sick of the, the 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 company that I was currently at, so I joined him and uh, also went over there with the plan to eventually also uh, buy myself in there. Okay. So, and then you start looking at things to, you know, you, you gotta, if, if you wanna like be a part of that, uh, owning the company, you have to bring something to the table. So I start looking at things and, um, you know, start working there and whatever. And then um, I, got into touch with with Brian and I noticed that whenever I was working on this revolution stuff so I I, I was still doing that like in in the company so I was doing that as uh, a worker of, of that company okay and um, but the more I started noticing or the, the more work I put in there um, the more I started noticing that like I enjoy this way more than my day job <laughs> you know okay it's All right. just so it's just fantastic when you do something that you really love it's 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 it doesn't even feel like working anymore mm -hmm. you know so um, 
Well, long story short, um, things didn't work out at the company in the way um, we had envisioned it. And um, I, I still work there. Um, it's still all good. I just dropped out of the idea that I'll ever become like uh, an equal owner there. And um, like with that decision, I said like, then I'm pulling this whole revolution thing out of here and I'm gonna do it myself. Okay, all right, interesting. So, I mean, it, I of course I don't want to pry too far because if it's if it's kind of a legal issue, Oh, no, no, no. Was it, was it just the fact that you were, you know, doing something outside of the, I, I guess, it, I imagine, I can imagine a few different ways where the relationship would go sour, where they wouldn't want you to be an owner, but I guess, how does that happen? It, it was, um, a, a lot of things happened, and I'm not going to go into, uh, like, okay. all specifics, but, um, it basically ended up in, in the, the trust and... It, if there's one thing you need when when you're like owning a company with 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 other people, uh, trust is the one thing that you really need to be like that. That needs to be a non-issue thing. And one thousand percent. Yeah, we got to a point where uh, they probably didn't trust me anymore. I didn't trust him, them anymore, and uh, we just said uh, we're not going to go through with that. It's amazing to me that you were able to take this situation where, you know, trust is a little shaky, but it doesn't just completely blow up the entire relationship. You're it, still it, able it was, to make it happen. It was uh, a struggle. Uh, the sure. last, yeah, the, it was, uh, it was uh, messy. I don't want to say messy, but I've had better times uh, in, in my career than, than that time. But I'm very glad now because once it was like sort of over, it was just such a like weight off my shoulder. Sure, I mean that's that sounds like it's it's turned out into a positive situation for everybody. Mm -hmm. And also, you said that you know it was, it was messy and difficult, but like what out there that's worth it is not difficult to attain. So exactly. I mean, good exactly. good on you for making it happen. So is it just Housemade Industries um, machines that you're selling, or are you also uh, dabbling in other things? Um, I, I, it's, it's for now. It's uh, mostly. Um, oh, also, I do the 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 Vander Sander. Vander Sander, hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yep. awesome, awesome machine. Yes, it is. Mark is an I, awesome guy, also, by the way. I haven't had the opportunity to get my hands or be at in the same room as one of those Vander Sanders, but I've seen a lot of videos, a lot of promotions about it. And I've talked to quite a few people who have used that machine, and they say that it's absolutely game-changing. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. For handle work and for, uh, yeah, it's just it's just an awesome thing to have, like, on the side, like, next to your, your, uh, your 2x72. I feel like that machine and the Revolution are just, like... It, it almost seems like they're cousins or something because they're just yeah. so... They're so of the same mind and they're... You know, it's it's you do have to build it yourself and you have to make it happen. But yeah. it almost seems as if you if you told me that the same person came up with both of these machines, I would I would totally agree with you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's it's uh, yeah. Well, it's you know who uh, uh, the 
uh, like who's the owner of the the Vanner Center? It's a collab between um, Mark Vanderwerf and uh, Bex Armory. Yes, absolutely, and they're yeah. just like Brian. They're both very you know relatable guys and somebody who you mm-hmm. can reach out to, and they'll answer whatever you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're all. I mean, it's 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 great machines, great guys. How can you go wrong? And of course, if you want to get your hands on them, you you gotta go to DIY Europe if you're mm-hmm. over there in Europe. There you go. Yeah. Hey, I'm just trying to plug you out there a little bit. Yeah. I've also be... I've had the pleasure to play around with your Radius Platin. Oh, so yeah. What what is the situation like? How did you get into making these oh, Radius Platins? Well, or did it's... you go ahead? It's it's just uh, with the radius. Play, it's it's kind of like uh, with with uh, the max grip. I just love that stuff where I see someone posting something and I'm just like in my mind. I'm uh, this is gonna sound a bit cocky, but I'm all, always thinking like like ten steps ahead. Okay. It's just like when I see uh, this was a guy that's this it's it's he's also from Holland and I see him post something about this curved platen that he built and I'm just like dude and I saw the the price where he was selling it for and I'm just like my God dude what what are you doing <laughs> you know right right you should you should I wish I came up with this you know and um, he was building them in a in a in a convenient way for himself to make like five of uh, ten of them and then um, he was sending them out for uh, heat treatment and getting them back and anyway he sent one to uh, house to to Brian yes and then Brian posted something about him and that post just went crazy like all the <laughs> all the the comments underneath uh, where can i get this and so in this time i was i was talking uh yeah i think weekly to to brian about revolution and setting that all up and i was like i can get in touch with this guy he's actually from you know my country and uh, maybe we can see if, if if we can set something up and um i think a good two months later uh i shipped out a box with 20 of those plans to housemade <laughs> yeah and, and they were like it was like two weeks and then they were gone <laughs> <laughs> well that just seems like everything that brian touches i mean it's, if you post about it it goes wild this if uh, just you get it into his machine. hands yeah he is he's crazy yeah. for sure yeah. Yeah. but like of course you know here we are on the podcast that's connected to him and we're fluffing him up this is talk yeah, about that's... propaganda goodness what yeah, are you guys listening yeah. to anymore yeah. <laughs> sorry no more oh, no more shoot. no more no more brian house <laughs> <laughs> so i guess let's let's move into um i have done a you know your instagram feed i normally go on a real deep dive pull yeah. out some things from the past but you only have like 52 posts on yeah. diy europe yeah. so i guess one of the things that really intrigued me is you made a serbian chef knife i know before you had talked about the fact that you're not necessarily a knife maker but it seems like you made a, a decently substantial knife there it was a yeah it worked but that's that's like uh, yeah i I'm, I'm just not a fan of, of my own knife making <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's also i made like three knives or something so it's i'm kind of do you know uh toby from um the fire and steel podcast yeah toby night fire and steel. yeah 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 so he's he's always saying the same thing like it, it would be 
I would be insulting actual knife makers if I call myself a knife maker. I'm on the same boat. <laughs> well, did you start off with materials and end with a knife? Yeah. Well, Boom, you're a knife maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So but, what spurred you on to, I mean, I know you were talking about being a fan of knife making, but what made you really jump into that world and make oh, something it's, happen? It's, it's, it's because I'm, 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 I'm a fan of, um, like, uh, what was this guy's name? I've been watching his YouTube videos forever. It's the guy with the big beard uh, that makes these giant swords. <laughs> that really doesn't narrow it down. It no, really should, no, but it yeah, doesn't. <laughs> but it's just, I'm gonna, I, I have to find this guy. Big guy on YouTube with a beard making yeah, swords. That yeah, almost his, is every his, single guy. <laughs> his, he's always shirtless, and in the cold, in the winter, in the, it, it, he's always shirtless. It's just such a great. Okay. All right, all right. So you are inspired by the, the YouTuber. Michael Tulu or something. Michael Tulu. So you're inspired by this Michael guy to make something happen. I guess, what what was it that made you go towards the Serbian chef knife? Well, then again, I, I, uh, I also love um, the outside cooking thing. Ah, and yep. then you have, I, I know it's probably cliche as, as hell, but then you see all those guys in the woods using a Serbian chef knife. And I was like, I'm going to make one of those. I mean, in in the realm of making your first knife, I mean, that's kind of a badass one. That's that's a larger. Sh I mean, it's. Most people like myself, when I made my first knife, I made this little itty bitty, you, you know, know, basically a little you, shiv. <laughs> you know what the difference is? Is I'm a metal worker. Like I'm a sure. welder. I, I've I've used with uh, I've I've worked with metal all my life. So if like the first thing could also it it, it could be like a giant fake sword or something. It it it, it like metal does not uh, is not new to me. So in in that. Uh, with that in mind, uh, the step to making like uh, something bigger or something it, it doesn't really matter because I'm I've you know I've made weirder stuff like in my day job and sure sure that makes sense. Um, I do see in your your Instagram feed that the the next picture after the Serbian chef knife is that design drawn on a giant saw blade. Is that is that the material you started off? Yeah with? yeah. Interesting. Where'd you find that saw blade? Ah, it's it's someone at my old job just threw that big old saw blade in the bin, and I was like, nope. <laughs> so I, t <laughs> I took the, I took that home, and uh, well, one time I had a little little time extra, and I was uh, just start. Interesting. So I mean, walk me through the process. You find this giant this giant saw blade. First of yeah. all, how big is this saw blade? That's a huge saw blade. It's yeah. uh, I, st I still have it in my new shop, but um, I think it's like half a meter or something. Okay, like 500 so millimeters. I don't know that inches. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Don't worry about it. So I mean, it's it's a really you large, also don't know. <laughs> really large saw blade. Yeah, and yeah. You, it's you an old grab one. it, old one for sure. Yeah. Hardenable steel, it seems. And um, so you grab it, and you you can make just about anything out of this giant saw blade. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you you see it, and you're like, I'm gonna make the Serbian chef knife because that's yeah. what I've been attracted to with the yeah. outdoors cooking. 
Yeah. So tell me about the process. What tools did you make? How did it go? I just, I just, I just grabbed uh, like a piece of paper, draw something on there. I cut it out, like just with scissors, and then spray painted like on the blade, on the saw blade, and I just started using the angle grinder to, uh, to cut it out. Okay. All and right. And then I will say that thing, that thing, like it did not cut anything, <laughs> anything <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> it's because I, I had this little, I don't even know, was it a one by 30 or it's one of those, those cheap things, mm-hmm. like one of those belt grinders. And uh, I ended up uh, making it usable with the angle grinder again, because that little machine didn't work and it was actually after that knife where i was like I, if i want to keep doing this i need a 2x72 right right so <clears throat> spending all of that time and energy trying to make it happen with the 1x30 definitely mm-hmm. pushed you towards a 2x72 yes yes roughly how many hours do you think it took you like do you, this, do you know um i think uh, because i also hand sanded a lot like but it was all the first time so it was it, it, there's uh, the uh, big portion of time <laughs> that was like wasted on uh, on this but just figuring I it think, out yeah i think uh three evenings that's about six seven hours eight hours i think honestly that's not mm-hmm. a bad turnaround time for that level of you know that size of a knife i mean that's that's pretty damn good Okay. I'd I'd definitely be proud of it if that was my first one. <laughs> okay. Well, thank so you, you said so. You, you said you made three knives total. The Serbian chef knife to start. What were the other two? Um, one was uh, I don't even know how to call that. It was one of those meat slicers. Like a cleaver situation, or yeah. like a longer? No, it's one of those. Is is that you guys call that a boning knife? I think. Oh, like a thin and flexible. Yes, yes. That Interesting. Was, uh, that was terrible. <laughs> that was just terrible. That's why it's not in my, on my Instagram. It was, it was okay. horrible. <laughs> and the third one was like a straight... It, I don't even know if that's a real thing. It's, it's also a, like, a, like a chopper, but then it's like square. Okay, so like a Nakiri style. Like yes, a but then like, like not, not necessarily... Japanese. It's more like a European, like it's it's not as refined as as the Japanese style. Sure. Well, I also like I've made quote unquote heavy air quotes Nikiri, but it's mm-hmm. a very American bastardized yes. you know version of it. Yeah. Um. So were you heat? I I have to ask. Were you heat treating these knives, or were you just yes. cutting about? Okay. No, I I put them in the forge like, and I just went like, oh, that's like the right type of red, and then just dumped them in. in, in <laughs> <laughs> now I understand why they weren't holding an edge so well, or you said that they weren't staying sharp. Like that, mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, again, you've you've made three knives total, and. Like, my first three knives was a little shiv, a little, like, neck knife, which the blade on it was an inch and a quarter, and then mm-hmm. maybe a second one of those, where you went for a boning knife, a, a Serbian chef knife, a, a Nakiri cleaver situation. You know, honestly, that, that that cleaver is still um, is still usable. That, that the... Well, that boning knife, it was just, uh, we had like one of them very cheap knives, uh, like was laying around in the in my garage. 
that we used for i don't know when we rebuilt the house it was just for cutting the carpet and i don't know what else and it had that shape you know okay so i just i just draw that shape like onto a piece of paper and then messed around with it a bit and then tried to make a knife out of it but was that also out of this giant saw blade? Yes, everything was out of this giant <laughs> saw blade. So you have a you know a boning knife or a fillet knife that is the same thickness as your oh. cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Interesting. I also did another thing, by the way. It was um, a, a scimitar. Do you know what that is? A scimitar. I I, I can't say that I do. It's like they use it a lot in, in over here. They do when when barbecuing. It's like a big. Um, I think if you Google it, you'll 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 know what I mean. Um, well, tell me about it while I Google it. Skimitar. Um, it's and it was for uh, a guy that I that I know, and he wanted like um, he has a, a a company in. Uh, barbecuing so he gives workshops and and i don't know what and, and he had one of them it's it's also it's a brand called forged they have these knives that seem to be like they're hand forged but i seriously doubt that they're all hand forged but anyway <laughs> and um he wanted something with his logo in there so me with the dxf and the you know the 3d uh you know, being able to, to to do that, I just cut out some some uh, mild steel plate, and I wanted to make that knife, and then just weld in that logo, like from a small cutout plate. Okay. And then just like jam it in there, and um, but it it didn't work out because I think yeah, with heat treat, well, call it heat treat, just throwing that thing in the forge and. Um, and getting it out, it I think it snapped. Yeah, the point snapped off, and then I was just like, "Well, I just right. gotta get better in this. I gotta read some stuff on how to really do this and get the right materials." And right, right. So I guess you you've made those three, and then you, the fourth one kind of failed on you. Do you have Do you have it in you where you like? I want to go back to try to make a knife now that I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Now that I'm like in the world, uh, like in that community a little bit more, also in the in the Dutch uh, knife community, there was a guy, an older guy that um, wanted to stop making knives, and uh, he was putting all his stuff on the Facebook marketplace, and I was like, dude, what are you doing? Right. And um, so I just made him an offer, and uh, I had my dad pick up everything he had. So what all did you? What all was there? I mean, there uh, had to a, have been some pretty decent stuff there. Yeah, there's some. Some I don't even. I have to still have to unpack everything. But um, there's uh, a good bunch of handle material, pins, uh, G10 liners, um, basically everything for uh, for me to to make a decent knife. So was it just the material, or were there tools as well that came with no, it? No, tools. I, I have enough tools. It's, uh, <laughs> I, it's, uh, yeah, well, because, you know, the, the tools you need for now, the, the only thing I still uh, need to get is, like, decent hammers. Oh, That's interesting. That's the only thing I don't have. I have, like, uh, in my shop now, I think there's a co-worker of mine is um, always have been a, a big fan of anvils. Okay. And he also he he had like 
five or six anvils laying around. Oh, so geez. they're in my shop now. They're, 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 it's, it's cool stuff, those anvils. And there's a market in there. <laughs> yes, there is. And we yes, know how to, how to repair them. So if, 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 if something like uh, he has like, a, uh, I think it's a very, I don't even know the, 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 well, he's totally crazy about it. He knows like this is from France and this is from there and this is from, I don't know, everywhere. And um, we can like basically, uh, I know how to weld that stuff, you know, without okay. it losing, like obviously it'll lose some of his, his original strength and, and, and uh, like ability to take punches, but... I could. Uh, there's there's ways to to weld up an anvil and still have it be uh, like like decent. Interesting. Usable. Interesting. I've never really looked into um, refurbing anvils like that before. So it, it's kind of a a thing that I've never thought about. I guess yeah. what what are the ins and outs of it? So well, I, I imagine. I imagine welding directly onto the faceplate, you're going to lose the heat treat around that area, and that would be devastating. Yeah, what you what you need to do with with welding anvils, you need a special type of. You actually use uh, stick welding, you know, okay. good old good old stick welding, and you'll need special uh, special pins for that, and then you need to heat up the anvil to like 800 degrees. Whoa. Yeah, it it is, and then you you have to like keep it like around. I, I have an infographic somewhere on on how to do that, but you need to like uh, then have it cool down to like four hundred degrees after you weld it. Keep it there for an hour, and then on so on. There's there's like ways to do that without it it losing its uh. Its, I've its, got a its, dumb question. How in the world do you there get are no as dumb questions? I know, but I'm just gonna call it a dumb question. <laughs> How in the world do you get that big of a hunk of steel up to those type of temperatures? You just put a big ass torch behind it <laughs> and, just let, <laughs> and just let it let it rip for uh, for an hour. That's wild. That's yeah, absolutely wild. I, there's 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 footage of us doing that with an anvil. Oh man, so you have to post that on DIY yeah, Europe. Why aren't you posting I, that stuff? I Come know, on, man. I know. I know. Interesting. It's, it's, it's that. It's, but it, it, the 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 social media thing is really something I need to work on because the thing is, um, I have a day job. That is, sure. it's 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 a pretty intense day job at, at times, and then I have uh, the DIY Europe, and and it, this is the wrong order because I know I should put put my family first, but <laughs> I have a wife and three kids, so sure, it's uh yeah, it's definitely a lot, and to have to juggle those three or it's, it's juggle crazy. putting on those three hats, it's, it's a lot to know. do. I don't know so. how my wife keeps up with me. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a big job to juggle those three hats and make everything happen. So, I mean, hats off to you for being able to do it as successfully as you have so far. But I do uh, think that just a few posts a week would really skyrocket because it sounds like you're doing some really cool things. Yeah, I should. I know. <laughs> Going back to that anvil, it's, it, I'll, I'll stop grilling you about doing more posts, oh. I promise. But um, going back to those anvils, what is the biggest repair you've ever done on them? It was that one. I did it with with the coworker, and um, that was the the one that that thing just looked. It was it's an amazing anvil. It looked 
but it looked it's been like used so much so um i think the middle was like an inch lower than than the no, oh. it's more more than an inch, maybe. So you had to do a new surface entirely, or I guess no. We just what welded it up, and it's still like the anvil now. If you look at it, it's still a little curved because you cannot like weld so much on it that you make it perfectly flat. And also, who wants a perfectly new looking anvil? I mean, I wouldn't be mad at a new anvil. No, <laughs> you, you would like you would like a new anvil, but would you do you like would you want it like brand new, like out of the factory new? I mean, crisp edges are pretty darn nice. Ah, come on, man! It has no soul. It has no, no. I don't know. I, I just. I, I, I think would the rather... big difference. I think the yeah. big difference is: Are you using it as a tool, or are you using, or is it just a cool thing to look at? Because a cool yeah. thing to look at, you want it beat to hell because you know yeah. there's stories well, in all of those. Well, marks. there's 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 a difference in in used and beaten the hell up though. Okay. Like for example, if if uh, I've, I've talked to a lot of blacksmiths and stuff, and I don't know, maybe you tell me if that's useful in 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 uh, knife making, but they'll say you have like in the perfect anvil has one side that it's kind of rounded off, absolutely, and the other side they like to have like a sharp angle, like so a sharp edge. In a perfect world, I would like to have one side that has the rounding, but then one side be a tighter radius and one side be a, a yeah. larger radius, and yeah, then a crisp edge would be, yeah. I mean. That, well, and that's what you could, I don't know if pe people, uh, it's it's not that hard to do, really. It's just you need you need the right like uh, stick for the stick welding, you need the right material for that, you just put the blowtorch, and you could just weld one beat over your entire edge and then just grind it to what you need it to be i just have a worry that if i were ever to do something like that and post about it i would be like run out of town because people are so precious about anvils yeah i know well i would say fuck it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, I, I mean, mean I... even even negative attention is is attention, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I see, I see the game you're playing for sure. So, I guess switching gears a little bit, um, I saw that on top of that that other that Serbian chef knife that you've posted, the only other knife that I see is this friction folder that you're doing as a collaboration with mm -hmm. Mark Vanderwerf. How yeah, did that, that get was, started? What's, what's the deal with awesome. that? Awesome. It's just uh, Mark and I talk a lot. We're both uh, Dutch. He lives in uh, in the UK, and uh, I'm still in Holland. Obviously, I don't even know when when we started talking. It was right around the same time I started talking to Brian, I think. And um, we, I helped him with uh, this Vander Sander stuff uh, a lot and um, I, we just became friends and um, so he said I want to make uh, friction folders and he said I want to I, I want to make them in a way that I can like make a whole batch of them and then just like offer them in a price range that's um, like accessible. accessible yeah for a lot hey, of there people it is. So I think uh, we're gonna sell them for around what's it like seventy five pounds or something. Here, so let me do that conversion. Eighty, 80 bucks or, or seventy five pounds into USD. 
I'm just asking. That is $92.15 like yeah. yeah, or so. Yeah. yeah, keep it at 90 something like that. And um, I was just like, and then, like I was going to say with the, with the curve plans, when I, when I see, when I hear Mark say something like that, I'm like, mm, yes. Like, and then I s start thinking like uh, a lot of stops, uh, steps ahead. And I'm just like, we got to make a mole for that. And we just got to make it like you can do it in your garage, on your press, that you can make all the handles like in one movement, you know, with your press. Okay. So then I figured out, like in uh, Fusion, I, I created a, like a mold. Mold? Is that the right? The mold, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, ma I made that. I welded that thing up. I, I think I did a reel on uh, on that thing. And um, I sent it over to Mark, and then Mark got to work with, uh, with the blades. And I also make the, made the, the cut files for the, for the knives. Okay, so I mean, it sounds like the the collaboration is you are making you are making it happen. You're you're coming up with the tools to make it happen. You're coming yeah, up with the design. I, 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 we both had a design. He wanted to make a tento, and I did a sheep's foot. I think, yeah. Okay, that's it called sheep's foot. And I was like, um, I will uh, get you the file if you get the you know your uh, your material to the to your laser cutter. Then. Uh, he can just uh, um, like cut ten each or something. I think we did twenty knives. Interesting. All right. Yeah. All right. He just cut them out, and uh, you know, we uh, I send him that uh, that thing he could use under his press, and then well, the rest is. Uh, so are these coming out here pretty soon? Are they? Yeah, already out? they're under actually underway. Uh, the the first ten uh, are uh, on my way uh, on the, uh, the way here. Okay. He, he posted them, and I think he's now working on the last, uh, last, the, the last of that. So it, it, interesting. It'll be good for Christmas, yeah. So these will be up for sale. I mean, this this interview is going to be coming out. Are they going to be up for sale by the time the interview yes, comes out? Definitely. Yeah, it depends on when you are going to release this one, of course. Well, guys, go. Where, where can they find them if they're up for sale? Uh, um, they can reach out to me on uh, on Instagram, or um, I think Mark will be putting them on their webs on his website. That's one one eight blades. Yes, one one eight blades. They're, I mean, both both DIY Europe and one one eight blades is are fantastic follow. You have to follow these guys for sure. And then check out these little friction folders. They look like they're really well made and well-designed and I mean they're just beautiful little knives so yeah totally worth yeah, they doing come with this cute little leather sheet and you know, it's just something uh, it's, it's not too expensive but it's like a handmade knife so yeah right but it's it's affordable it's obtainable for the yeah. average guy um, you know everyone loves the three four five hundred dollar you know of custom course. pocket bling but you also need that knife that you can whip out and open a box with and not have to be fragile with it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So this, I feel like, will be the perfect slot for that knife. So that's really mm -hmm. cool. Um, so you're doing 20 of them. If they sell out, is this going to be a regular production? Oh, yeah. If, 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 they, uh, if they sell out, then I'm going to put Mark to work. <laughs> I want to, yeah, of course, yeah. It's there we go. That. There we go. It's, it's if, if it's a, if it goes, it goes. It's. I mean, if not, it was a fun, fun project. 
Sure, sure. I mean, it feels like you and Mark are just cut from the same cloth because you both are very, very hard workers. You're both, you know, if you don't have a tool and want a tool, you're making it. You're figuring it out and you're yeah. you're making it happen. Yeah, and then was, you guys, yeah. you guys both have the work ethic to run a full time job. You know, collaborate with other people to make things happen, and then also make things on your own time. And it's just, it's a lot of work ethic that I love to see in you guys. Yeah, uh, Mark is just a, he's he's, a, he's a, an awesome guy. He's going through some uh, some rough times now. Yes, and, uh, it's just uh, yeah. Mark Mark is one of those guys that I always love to see him on a live stream and every once in a while he'll jump into a live stream with me or I'll jump in with him yeah. and every single time I I laugh I you know I'm interested in what he's doing and he he just has a way of just like he's a very entertaining guy. He is. He's, he he always tells me that I'm like oh you're all Mr. Glasses always half full, but like I believe that in life he is like that and it's just business wise I'm like. The glass is always half full, and he is more like uh, thinking in, in doom scenarios. And, sure. Um, but in life, I think he is yeah, awesome. Well, I mean, you need, to, especially if you're doing a collaboration, is if you're in business, you need an optimist and a pessimist, yeah, and it just kind of evens everything out and keeps the flow happy. Yeah. I'm a hopeless optimist. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Is that like well, an extroverted introvert or like how does that work? Yeah, maybe. I'm just, I, you know what it is? It's just, but but I, like with the Max grip, for example, you know, he oh, posted I've... something about that and um, I was one of the first, I just reached out to him. I was like, dude, let me draw that thing up in, uh, in Fusion and I'm, I'm going to make one. You know, this is just an awesome idea. I, I just, and once I get like my, when I believe in it, I don't care how much time, money, uh, whatever I have to spend on it. I just want to make it work. So uh, I just had that thing made. Um, I, 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 I sent uh, pictures to, to Neil and uh, I was like, this thing is awesome. You, you should get guys on board and get them and make it happen, man. I am so lucky to have one of those Mac scripts and I have a prototype that was handmade by him. So, yeah. you know, there's there's a little rough around the edges on the ones that mm -hmm. the one that I have, mm -hmm. but I've seen pictures of the per, like the professionally made ones that are coming out. Yeah, Holy did you see the one with the, with the with the logo on it? Yeah, he sent me yeah, a picture of it. Awesome. It looks so yeah. good. Yeah, I sent him that picture. So it's it's awesome. I it's, really and feel it's such an I with such ideas, I get like excited and annoyed at the same time. <laughs> you know? I I felt the exact same way when I saw that because I've said before on a podcast that like, you know, there's there's two schools of thought when you're trying to put your name on the blade or your maker's mark on the blade. Mm -hmm. There's either electro etching or there's hot stamping. Mm -hmm. The pros of electro etching is, you know, it's repeatable. You have time to set it all up and make it perfectly square and exactly the way you want it. But, you know, it doesn't quite have the sexiness of a hot stamp no. where it just yeah. it just feels I don't know. There's just something about it where it's it's you know a hot stamp just feels more real. I don't know. It's it's just a emotional like, thing for sure. Yeah, it, that's it. But it's also the, it's like your like your style, right? That, right. Like I wouldn't want to see a hot stamp on like a very delicate kitchen knife or something. You know, mm. like when it's. I feel that in ways I have seen and I've done delicate kitchen knives that look good with a hot stamp on there. 
But I guess to finish my little thing is that on the other hand, you have, you know, hot stamping your blade where it just has a little bit more like it, it feels good. It, it really has a deep texture to it. There's just something about it. But the big con against it is that you only have so much time to get the knife to the anvil and line up your hot stamp and hit You're it perfectly always one, square. One short. Right, right, always. exactly. But here's the thing. With this max grip, it takes away that, that um, you know, the, the you know, juggling all of these things. You have the, the your stamp perfectly set up perpendicular mm -hmm. to the anvil face. So all you have to do is slide the knife in there put the hot stamp down you might have to adjust it a little bit but that's also way easier and mm -hmm. then smack the top of the hammer i've done now 20 20 or 25 different blades in it i have never had a miss hit on a, a max Gee, grip that, that instantly makes this thing like one of your favorite tools oh 1000 percent you like... know so <laughs> this is what i saw when when he first posted about it i saw that i was like i never talked to neil before I never spoke to the guy. I, I, I just, I followed him, um, you know, and, and that was it. And I saw that and I was like, yep, he's, I'm going to message him. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's another one of those guys. He's, he's so optimistic. He's such a yeah, nice. Man. That's, I have way too much in common with him without, I didn't even know. It's, uh, I mean, if I can throw back to, I, I can't remember if he was my very first guy on the interviews. But I mean, he's he's he has a Texas heart of gold. He's just one of those guys it's, that uh, that that episode really uh, got to me. <laughs> it's, it yeah, it sure. is. I my oldest son has uh, is not exactly the same, but it's it's uh, it's it's comparable to to what uh, his son is uh, is having. Right. And so it, I just it, it, it yeah. It you gets to you for that. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now I I don't want to pry, of course, but I mean I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that road because I, we with Max and or with Neil and I you know I I talked about that with him before and I got permission mm -hmm. to talk. Oh about man, that. I I don't I don't. If you want to ask me like literally anything, I'm uh, I think that the only way to do stuff like this is you just, you, you you have to be an open book. Sure, so ask sure. me anything. Well, so I guess I mean. With with Neil's situation, he named the company after his his son, so that, oh, that you know just, his name yeah. his name will live on no matter mm -hmm. what. And mm -hmm. you know his his you know, I, I I'm retelling a really terribly a really touching story that you can listen it back was, to. It was, yeah. So was do you are you able to work with your son at all with with? Yeah, my you know, son is is, is uh, seven years old, and oh uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. How old do you think I am, Brian? <laughs> that That is a tripwire question if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I'm 32. 33. Uh, oh, my God. I know. I'm 33. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm 29. I didn't realize we were so close in age. Say, see, we're not all old guys. <laughs> You're another young guy like me. Hey, mm -hmm. there we are. <laughs> so my, my, my son is seven, and um, he has, uh, like, in the pregnancy they found there was uh, like a disorder in his chromosomes. Okay. So you know when Down syndrome is like a default in chromosome 21, sure. uh, stuff like that. So and then you get into that whole um, shit show, if, if you want to call it like that. It's, sure. it's just terrible. 
you know, doctors advising you, like not directly, but but basically saying like, you know, just get rid of it and uh, be done with it and you mm. know, stuff like that. And luckily, my wife and I were on the same page from from the beginning. Like, no matter what this, uh, we're gonna give him every chance. Uh, um, he can get, you know. Um, sure, sure. But and it was it, it, it after uh, like like we had all the tests and stuff. It turned out to be um, a defect on chromosome ten, and um, basically it's it it cannot like that particular default. It's not uh, um, how do you say that in English? Normally, it could not live if okay. that. So we were like, oh, shit, that's terrible. Um, like, what now? And then the doctor said, like, but it's in mosaic uh, form. And that's, it's, you know, if you, if you uh, like, like mosaic Damascus, it's like the default can be anywhere, but also can be nowhere. You know, it, 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 it's not in every cell of his body. It's in particular cells. They don't know where, they don't know how much, but the default is there. And that's what made it so that he basically could like he had a chance okay but we were pre prepared for the for the worst and um like after uh he was he was born in in, in the hospital of course and um like basically the first week it was all like terrible and then after uh, like a week further in uh it was getting more like you know he might make it and then, like now, we're seven years later, and we have a full-on walk-in dude, just hey. awesome kid. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds almost like a harrowing story where, like, you something's happened. There's something that could be an issue, and everyone is telling you, "Hey, you know, maybe, maybe don't go through with it. Maybe it's yeah. the human." It's just so. But terrible. you decide to, to move on. You you're saying, okay, well, you know, we're gonna roll the dice, and even mm -hmm. though that there's a low likelihood that everything's gonna be okay, we're yeah. gonna give it the shot. And I mean, you you hit the jackpot. Yeah, like uh, some I, I sometimes I tell my wife, I like I would love to take his name is Benjamin, and um, I would love to take Benjamin to those doctors now that were like, oh, well, <laughs> why, why are you even going on with that? Like going through with this pregnancy, you know. <laughs> just I to go to, like, ha, this, I made it through. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It's just a uh, ridiculous thing for a doctor to even like. Right. They don't say it, but they imply like, it. Yeah, uh, it's just terrible. I think doctors mm. should not do that. Well, I mean, to be devil's advocate, of course, you know, they're they're looking at trying to be, you know, the most humane situation. And if you're looking at the statistics of it, maybe this is an mm -hmm. option that you might want to go through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're just trying to give you the options. But I, I truly applaud you for, you know, I don't know if it's just, you know, rolling the dice or being bullheaded enough to just be like, no, we're going to give them all the shots, all of the opportunities and yeah. I mean, I you... just don't want to make that decision. Sure, it, it was like uh, I I I I, I don't necessarily believe in uh, in in God or anything, but it's just I just like I I don't want to make that decision. And if it sure. goes, it goes, and if it it works, it works. I love to see the fact that you know he's he's happy and you know from what I hear he's healthy and 
It'd be so yeah. cool yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like uh, it was so weird, man, because there was, because uh, like in in the in the, um, the he had a problem with his heart and it was all terrible and um, so he was actually born with a hole in his heart valve oh, wow. somewhere wow. and uh, they checked again like two or three weeks later and they said the hole closed and um we were like oh okay so and we stayed like under uh under supervision of the is it called supervision i don't know of the the, the doctor and yep. like two or three months in he was like well you you don't have to come back because there's no condition anymore it's, it's just it's gone wow and uh i kept going like that and obviously like in his behavior and his th he has his things but it's just a full-on like boy you know it's it's just I mean, yeah. if that, if you don't wake up every single day and just, you know, if that isn't the, the inspiration to get up and work hard, because like everything could have been, you know, everything could have gone the other way and been mm -hmm. terrible. Yeah. And like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, how that's... cool is it that you're, you're able to, you know, glean that inspiration or, oh man, I, I, I'm not in this situation, so I don't want to wax wax philosophical about it. But I mean, oh boy, <laughs> I'm getting yeah. goosebumps oh. over here. <laughs> no, it's, uh... Okay, let's let's change gears a little bit, and we're getting towards the end of the show. But we were oh, talking yeah. about before the podcast started that you were having a collaboration with the one and only owner Kaglar from Dies in Every Films. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a co collaboration. It was just he made some post. And that's it's. I mean, it's it's the same with with um, like with the Max Group. Basically, uh, Honor was one of the first ones. He, he posted something, and I was already a big fan of the of the sure. the podcast, of course. And um, he posted something about a DXF. I was like, oh, dude, send me the picture, and I'll I'll try to make one. You know. And he was sure. like, oh yeah, tell me what I owe you. And I was like, eh, get out of here, man. I'll, I'll make you the, <laughs> I'll make you the, the DXF. And then uh, I think we did like uh, six or seven files for him. And that's just him sending me a picture of uh, a freaking like weird ass sword or a well, that's bags. that's a thing. I I have to interrupt for just a second. Those of you who do not follow Owner Kaglar at dies in at every or wait dies in every film. I mean, yeah. Yeah. he just makes the most wacky, crazy, but you know, weird things. Once where... in a while, you you'll see him make like an actual knife. Oh, and that's what I was about oh to get to. Is God. on one hand, he makes these almost trolley looking things where it's like. This this wild so, thing that should not work, but is awesome. But then on the stuff. other hand, you see him make a post where he makes a chef or a knife, and it just looks pristine. It's like high level stuff, and it's like, how, how can you both? <laughs> yeah. How can you both make crazy things, but then also have the the proficiency in making beautiful things? What yeah. in the world? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just awesome, man. It's just uh, yeah. I want to be on that podcast soon. By the way. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Well, take the leap off of this podcast and propel yourself right over there. <laughs> so, can you talk about are any of the ones that you've worked on out? Yeah, in? well, there's just crazy designs. I, uh, I, I can, can I? I'll just do the names and then. Oh. 
it's okay. I mean, if even if you just want to give like a brief brief synopsis of what they were, they were like like the the weirdest like like uh, swords from video games. Um, there's an axe from also a video game. I just don't know the the. Um, I, I don't know the names of the video. It's just weird, like like with really weird shapes and really. And he just sends me a picture, and he he sends me like the overall length of the blade, and okay. the rest I just uh, I just go from there. Like every little little radius, every little hole, little little angle, you have to like draw, like from nothing in in into uh, CAD, you know, into Fusion. It's, now, how long have you been working in CAD, in Fusion? Yeah, that's the thing. And now I'm like in in uh, the Fire and Steel podcast. They keep saying like uh, this is this uh, you know if you want anything done on Fusion, you you call Matt Bicker and like I'm some like I'm some professional, you know. But I'm not even a professional. I just know how to do that, <laughs> you know. Well, and I can I can I can work my way around like like basic stuff. But it's not that I can like build a full on uh, freaking machine like like Brian did with with the Revolution from nothing. Sure. But you you have enough proficiency in it that you can make something happen. Well, I think the 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 key to doing like very weird shapes and stuff is like the key is that you need you 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 need to not be a professional in that program sure. to just go like from line to line to line to line to line. You know, it, it's it's very time consuming, but you know, in the end, it, it works. You get really nice things. There you go. There you go. Speaking of nice things. Dude, Matt, where can people find you? I, you make some really amazing things, or you sell a bunch of really amazing things at DIY Europe. Tell tell the people where can they get a hold of you and buy something. Uh, it's for now. It's still uh, the website is un, under construction, so uh, it'll be up. Uh, I, it should have been up already, but it's it's taken longer than I expected. Um, when it is up, what is it? It's gonna be DIY Europe dot. EU, EU. Okay, and then if somebody wants to buy buy something now, how do they get a hold of you? Just DM me on Instagram at DIY underscore Europe. Sweet, yeah, guys, go check out his Instagram feed. There's not a whole lot there, but it is definitely interesting stuff, and he is a very interesting guys guy. But thank you guys all for listening. We appreciate you all here at Work for It Podcast, and we hope that you have a fantastic working week. See you guys later. Goodbye.